Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. (laughs) On your radio and in the game, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. What's up? Thursday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming online at supertalk.fm. On the road on this Thursday afternoon, we are in Boonville today on the campus of Northeast Mississippi Community College. Got a big JUCO football game happening here tonight, a rivalry game between Northeast and Itawamba Community College. Beautiful campus here in Boonville. We're kind of right in the heart of campus. Directly in front of us is the, uh, is the student union and then uh, surrounded by uh, administration building, student services building to over to uh, our left, kind of right in the heart of campus, drove by the football stadium on the, the way in. Field looks good, uh, ready to go tonight for a blackout. I was looking, they, they gave us game programs, and Northeast, the, the picture they've got is the all-white uniform on the uh, cover. They're doing a blackout tonight, so they're going all black. But that all-white uniform is spectacular. So uh, Northeast and ICC going uh, going tonight. A bunch of JUCO matchups all across the state of Mississippi. Tomorrow, a big high school football night. We are glad to have you along. Sports Talk brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank. Online at mslandbank.com. Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. If you've got land financing or refinancing needs of any kind, check out the website to find a branch location near you or give them a call at Mississippi Land Bank. That's mslandbank.com. Northeast football team just uh, just came out, I guess, pregame meal probably. Timing-wise, that would make about sense. Just came out and uh, headed in the general direction of the uh, football stadium. going to be great weather. Not as hot, maybe. Eh, it's still pretty hot. It's warm. It is still warm. Uh, glad to have you along this afternoon. Ceasefire text line is open, 601-879-4395, 601-879-4395. That's the number for you to jump in. Prepaid by Ceasefire is going big for back to school with special deals, including a light new iPhone 6S for just $49 and a daily $500 giveaway. Learn more at ceasefire.com uh, slash prepaid, Ceasefire, customer inspired. Rippy and Hey Dad are uh, with me here in Boonville this afternoon. Michael Borky in the studio. What's up, man? We got good college football in addition to good junior college football having all over the state, but uh, a couple of fun college football matchups tonight, Borky. Yeah, Memphis and Navy is is kind of interesting, and, and when you look at the the gambling component, if that's your thing, Memphis is an eleven point favorite, I believe, but. Uh, yeah, service does that academies feel like a lot of points it, especially because surface academies against the spread on the road especially navies like 65% against the spread huh it's up to 11 and a half so I, i'm not saying i'm just saying but uh, yeah i mean that's compelling football and then the nfl you've got philly at green bay tonight so that's pretty good football on a thursday night that's two pretty good games. Monday Night Football goes, hey, could, could, could we get one of those? Could we get a game like that? I mean, I know we had the Saints and the Texans in week one, but uh, something along those lines wouldn't be bad on Monday night either. Uh, a couple of football games tomorrow night. Duke's at Virginia Tech. Penn State is at Maryland. San Jose State is at Air Force. 
Arizona State at Cal. Arizona State at 3-1. and one. Cal up to number 15 in the country. They are undefeated at 4-0. and oh. So um, kind of a fast start to the weekend. Maybe not the greatest slate overall this weekend, but uh, a good Thursday night and a good slate of games on Friday night to, uh, to get the weekend going. How hard are we going to laugh at Arkansas when Air Force beats San Jose State? Um... Can we, I, can, can we laugh harder I mean, at them? Yeah, yeah, you can if you want to, but, I mean, that would not be even remotely surprising to me. Right. I don't think. No, I wouldn't be surprised by it either, but at the same time, they just they just beat an SEC team, and now, now they're going to lose to Air Force. Yeah. You like any of these Thursday night, Friday night games, Rippy? The NFL game would be really interesting to me. The guy I had on from Memphis a while back said something about Navy ruining Memphis's didn't like perfect season or something last year right or a couple years ago i think it was two years ago so i don't know he made it sound like there was an edge to that one i don't know that uh article that triggered you online last night had arkansas go into a bowl game a week after the uh san jose state loss it it wasn't really that i was triggered i was um at at that point so it was about eight o'clock last night give or take and it was bedtime, so I was lying down with Obi, trying to get him settled down. And, you know, he rolls over and closes his eyes, and I grab my phone, and I'm just scrolling through Twitter. And I was like, bowl projections. I was like, that's ah, a little early for these, but I'll scroll through it. So I, I read it, and honestly, the first thing that I was thinking as I was, you know, in that first ten games or so is, hold on a second, where's Southern Miss? Southern Miss was not in there. So he, They did not have Southern Miss projected to go to a bowl game. They're 2-2 two and two rolling into conference play. And they're going to win eight or nine or ten games this season. I was like, well, that's odd. So maybe it's one of those weird games that, you know, is after New Year's Day. And I, I keep scrolling through and I was like, oh, Ole Miss is going to a bowl game. Uh, oh, ten- oh, Ole Miss ten- was in there? Tennessee is going to a bowl game. Oh, wow. Ar- Arkansas is going to a bowl game. And then I saw somebody else pointed out later there were a couple of either Conference USA or American teams that they had slated to play in two bowl games. Oh, wow, I didn't know. Wow. So I didn't go back in and look at it again. Borky, I have never seen something written by Sports Illustrated or somebody affiliated with Sports Illustrated that was as poorly put together, laid out, researched, and thought out as that. Well, to be fair, they've hired a bunch of kids my age to write like online clickbait type stuff like that that don't really put any thought or care into it. It's not like the Sports Illustrated of old. That's fine, but if you had written that article, don't you think you would have done a little bit of cross-checking to make sure you only had everybody playing in one bowl game unless they were part of the playoff? Yes, but I did not write that article and said person did not do any cross-checking. Yes, but you just said hiring people like you. No, he said people his age. His age. There's a difference. They're, they're, pl- they're idiots of all ages. Yeah, don't, but don't, don't just, you don't have the monopoly on them, Rippy. It's a fair point. I think we're all being a little short-sighted here. Isn't Sports Illustrated the one that – uh, going into the season, had uh, the SEC projected to lose more games than were mathematically possible? That was Mark Schleyball. With, he's with ESPN. Okay, yeah, so, that, was, uh, that was an ESPN thing. So, to your point, <laughs> they're everywhere. To your point. Uh, we'll, 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 ch- we'll look at those bowl projections a little bit later this afternoon uh, and laugh at them. Uh, a bunch coming up with you. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports stops in for his weekly Thursday conversation. Uh, we will get to the single worst bowl projection in the history of the uh, the free world. I'm not overstating that, am I? No, I don't feel like you are. Uh, after a little research. What if research, there are any bowl projections that aren't in the free world? I don't know. There's the Kremlin Bowl. It is every year. 
I read some Wong Dan Wetzel story. Some football coach in China was in prison for like three years. I didn't know that. I legitimately didn't know they had organized football over there. In China? Yeah. yeah. Nor did I. They play. Yeah, I mean, they play like multiple levels of college football in China. Interesting. Is, is that available for uh, viewing on the interwebs? Yeah, it I'm is. Sure it uh, is. Uh, Reddit college football at like 1 a.m. every Saturday tweets a link to some kind of Chinese or Japanese or Korean football that you can watch. Okay, so are those games actually being played on Sundays? I guess technically, yeah. I mean, if it's like... Or is it Saturday there? No. No, it would be Sunday there. I mean, I guess you could get there by going west. I I understand it, but China, far east, and it would be earlier. Toilet water swirls the other way down there, too, they say. (laughs) That is critical information. Wait, are you serious? Yeah. It goes, it goes counterclockwise. Southern Hemisphere. I just, may, I don't think any of that actually happens. But anytime you mention something on that side of the world, someone says that. Are you sure that China's in the Southern Hemisphere? It's no, not. I'm not even. Yeah, I was going to say sure. China's in the Northern Hemisphere. Just, it's just above saying. the equator. Is it? Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. I am positive on that one. <laughs> I, I, I don't know a lot, but I know that. Forky, I don't think Rippy did a lot of uh, paying attention in the old geography classes. <laughs> he, he took geology. It's geology. close. It's it, not really. It's close to what? I don't know. The equator. It's Mississippi hot. is closer than, than China is, I'm pretty sure. The tallest mountain on planet Earth is on the Chinese and Nepal border. Right? Yes. Or is it that's India and Nepal? Everest. No, you're, you're I right. I think it's China and Nepal, right? It's because it's in Tibet. Yes. Including. I don't think that's on the equator. Thanks, Bear Grylls. I know it's a big country and all, but uh, I don't think it uh, it stands uh, it spans that far south. I'm going to look this up in the break. Are I don't you believe now? It. Yeah. Well, just uh, just do a little Google Earth there and uh, or a map. Kind of lays out the entire world and a billion people there too, Rippy. Uh, this this by the way, I should check the ceasefire text line. This is probably a lot of fun with uh, Rippy's geography. Um, that could be a running thing, right? We can. Uh, so, so now we've got three things working with Rippy. He doesn't get jokes. No, no. Uh, attendance figures. Okay. A- estimated attendance figures. College fight songs. And geography. And world geography. Basically, you'd be no good on Jeopardy, Rippy. How would you do on Jeopardy? He's still looking it up here. He didn't believe us. Hey, Rippy, how would you do on Jeopardy? Probably not well. I don't even actually 100% know how that show works. I do not watch Jeopardy. You have to ask everything as a question. Alex Trebek is still hanging on for dear life, and, and I mean that respectfully. I want Rippy on, on Celebrity Jeopardy he, he, with Sean he, Connery. He get, oh, Rippy. <laughs> he, he gives you the answer, and then you respond in the form of a question. Yeah. Wait, you really don't know how Jeopardy works? What is how Jeopardy works, Richard? Do you really not know how Jeopardy works? No, not. I mean, I generally, loosely, yes, I do. Like, I've played it in classes and stuff like the show. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. This is going to be fun this afternoon. We've got a ton coming up in the Renaissance Bank studio. On the road today, we're in Boonville on the campus of Northeast Sports Talk Mississippi. Sit tight. According to the website Distance.2, the answer to the question, how far is China from the equator? China is 2,419 and two one-hundredths of a mile north of the equator. The southern tip of China is on roughly the same latitudinal line as South Beach, Miami. South Beach is a little hipper. Have you ever been to 
southern tip of China? I'm just going to make a guess. It's an uninformed opinion, isn't it? I, I feel confident in my in my opinion on this one. Maybe right. Maybe right. Sports Talk Mississippi with you on uh, on this Thursday afternoon. Glad to have you along again. The uh, C Spire text line is open and is hopping early. Let's uh, let's get to a few of these. Uh, Lucas in Union. The funniest thing about Arkansas is Chad Morris has won 18 games as a head coach, none of which have come against Power Five teams. That's why they handed him all that money. And that's said, across coach, two coach schools. Coach our Power 5 team. Uh, this message, no name attached, Arkansas beats MSU. Uh, I, sir, I, I would uh, I be more than happy to place a wager with you if you just let, let me know when. I don't think I see that happening. Uh, I think Ricky Williams coached a Chinese team for a year, I think. He was creating his own football league for a while. In China? No, here. This is Paul in Corinth. I think most of those guys you were talking about doing the writing for Sports Illustrated also double in the evenings as CNN anchors. Yeah. Uh, political. Fair enough. Uh, are you guys uh, where we can see you and say hi? Yes, we are uh, directly in front of the Student Union on uh, the Northeast Campus. So if you know where the Student Union is or the uh, Student Services Building, you will see the Super Talk tent. Come by and say hi. Love to uh, love to see you. Uh, Casey is dying to meet Rip. Oh. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. Um, He's single, ladies. Let's see. From Joey and Madison, the world is flat. Come on, guys. It's a good point. Uh, every time when they I, score a touchdown, they just fall off. Every time I hear Rippy, I imagine McLovin on Superbad. Had one of those IDs at one point. Would that make me whatever Jonah Hill's character You had a McLovin was. ID? There was something, I can't remember what I went to in college, where they handed out a bunch of those and they would, like, paste your photo crudely on one of those McLovin IDs. Oh, yeah? Did it work? I never actually tried it. it you didn't try it? It's more of a souvenir type thing, not a, hey, go try this and get a fake ID charged. How many deal. people do you think have uh, actually tried to use those successfully? I would say very few. Uh, Jeff... Uh, it's almost like he's coming to confession. I don't think you have to come to confession, Jeff. He says, well, last night I placed an order for a Daniel Jones New York Giants jersey. Okay. They're probably going to be 2-2. Two and two. Yes, I would agree with that. Got, uh, got the Redskins at MetLife Stadium on, uh, on Sunday. Perfect time to make the switch if you're going to do it with Tampa, even though it was a struggle. Tampa's not good. And then with Washington. So they made the right call at the right time. Andrew from Dennis says, uh, the last text we got from him was with his feet propped up inside a tractor. We, we appreciate those. And then he says, China, Southern Hemisphere, final answer. Ooh. But then he immediately followed it up with, I meant Northern Hemisphere. Nah. Dang. Once you say final, it's over. That's not how it works. I said Southern and got roasted. I couldn't have said Northern and changed it. Um, let's see here. First, should we really give a non-Power 5 football team credit for an SEC win if they beat Ole Miss, Arkansas, or Vanderbilt. Second, Rippy well, needs to be on the game show The Chase. The Beast would eat him alive. I don't want to be on any game shows. How does Tennessee not get thrown into that category as well? Tennessee's going to a bowl game. That's what Sports Illustrated told us. Well, whatever that guy texting was, like, you've seen Tennessee lose to two non-Power 5 teams. Yeah, they're in, they're, in, they're in the group. They're in that tier. They're the only team out of those, other than Arkansas, that's actually done it, right? That's lost to a non-Power 5 team? Yes. No, Ole Miss has. I guess Memphis, yeah. Yeah. And Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt has not. I don't think the American trips me up because they're like a step above all the other Power Five, but non-Power. Yeah, but they're still yeah. group of five. 
Yeah, they call themselves Power Six. No, the I only call the UCF myself, AD. I can call that. myself, you know, Supermodel Brian. Hey, Dad, doesn't make it so. Yeah, no, it's that a, league it's is paper. better than most other group of five. I will so. grant you that, hundred percent. I would. I, that, why they don't have a national championship is stupid. For group of five teams, yeah, I, I could not agree with you more. But I, I think the rationale at this point is group of five presidents and ads have fought vehemently against the idea, not even against the proposal, but against the idea. Why is that? It's it's just another example of people too big for their britches, and it happens all over the place in, in college sports. And we're talking about coaches and expectations. But and it could be so good. It could be, but they don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that, well, we have a national championship, but it's not the same one that Alabama and Clemson win. Well, you can't win the one that Alabama and Clemson win. Well, I, I mean, think they most look teams can't win the one. How many Power 5 teams could 2018 UCF have beaten? I know, excuse me, SEC teams. Okay, so there is one team in the group of five in a given year that could beat multiple SEC teams. Clearly, there's more than one. Memphis just beat Ole Miss. I said multiple SEC teams. And we're talking. I could say Memphis could Memphis beat Arkansas could beat and Tennessee. Three. Could beat the top tier SEC teams. I would say in a normal year, like 2018, USF could have done that as well. What? In the first six games? Was that you mean before they lost six games in a row to finish the year? So twenty I guess I'm thinking twenty seventeen. Whatever okay. the ten win like when those teams are Strong's coming, first yes. year there. Yes. When he still had all of this sounds weird to say, it's unbelievable. When he still had all of Taggart's players. Yeah. Yeah. Well do you think part of the reason they're holding out hope or whatever it may be is because they have seen what conference realignment does to programs that are on relatively similar standing because uh, what what the change has done to even West Virginia, the Big, e- in the Big East is a little bit different, but TCU in Utah getting their opportunity in a Power 5 league and now look at those two programs and the money that's flowing in and the stadiums and everything that they've done. Do you think maybe, especially but, the power players in this, do not want their own national championship because UCF, for example, Memphis tried to get into the Big 12. These programs that are close but not there yet see the opportunity of what if they all expand to 16 so why would I want my own national championship if I can fight right now and keep where I am right now to make it the easiest path to jump to the power five and then reap the benefits that Utah and TCU did but if if I mean you're making the assumption if you go to 16 team super conferences that you're going to go to a fifth one and that you're not going to take four 16-team super conferences for a total of 64 teams. Wouldn't right? you have to cut somebody in that scenario, though? Let's see. You've got 14 in the SEC. You have 10 in the Big 12. That's 24. You have 14 in the Pac-12. That is 34-38. There are 12 in the Big 10. That is There's 14 in the Big Ten. 14 in the Big Ten. 14 in the Big Ten. That gets you to 52. 60, 52 or 62? 52. All right, so you're at 52, and that leaves what league What league am I missing? The Pac-12. Oh, the ACC. Oh, the ACC, yeah. That has 12. Yeah. And that's 64. There you go. Now that leaves out Notre Dame. See, oh, well. there you go. There's your wild card right there. Keep Notre Dame, drop Rutgers. Easily done. <laughs> but, I mean, if you, if you made – four super conferences out of those 65 teams. I mean, maybe there's an – I mean, are we kidding ourselves? There would be an exception for Notre Dame, and either somebody would get kicked out or one of 
those would have 17 teams, which would mess everything up. Relegation would make the sport more fun because the top of the sport is painfully boring. Agreed. So if you added a fifth super conference with an additional 16 teams, I mean, are there 16 additional teams? Notre Dame's one. So do you have 15 more slots after that that it would make sense to no. hand out 15 bids to? No. no. You could make an argument for it. No, I, I fail to see how. I mean, who's the 16th best group of five teams? I mean, if you pulled six from the American and two from the Mountain West and a couple from Conference USA. I mean, you could pull more than six from the American if you wanted to. You've got UCF, you've got Cincinnati, uh, Memphis. I mean, just showed you that they can beat Power 5 teams, give them more resources. They'll probably probably be even better. Boise State on the West Coast could do it. You could find a way. But you're you're making the assumption that the current Power 5 teams and presidents and athletics directors want to share resources to bring more teams up to that level. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't think that's the case. I mean, I think it would be trying to figure out how to get to four as opposed to get to five. Um, and somebody would just be relegated. I'm sure there's a few teams deep down that, even though they like money, would probably not hate getting knocked down a level. Yeah, I mean, if Kansas basketball is deemed irrelevant, then they would make sense, wouldn't they? That's not fair. Oh, that's not fair. No, there's a renaissance under uh, under Les Miles right now. You said Kansas basketball. I said if Kansas basketball were to ma- to become irrelevant. Oh, you have to knock down. I would just do it by football. Why do you got to do both sports? So you would do football only for this? Yeah. Because the Big 12 needs Kansas in basketball. Yeah. And those two things would come hand in hand. You want to be a part of the conversation? You can. You can uh, tweet us at Sports Talk M I S S. You can also uh, send us a message uh, message on the Ceasefire text line. Uh, what about the uh, kind of off the radar games tonight? When you uh, or not tonight, but this weekend when you look around college football, we'll take a peek at some of those and what the odds makers say about them when we come back in the Renaissance Bank Studio. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming online at supertalk.fm. We are in Boonville today. Paul just stopped by. He's an ag teacher and uh, says he listens uh, on the bus route every afternoon. Drives a uh, school bus for a local high school and listens to us on the road. Stopped by. and Gary made sure that he got a T-shirt. He just guessed the wrong size. Gary, I mean, you, you, can't, you can't be the guy at the state fair that does the uh, guess your weight thing. He still wins if I'm wrong. Yeah. He gave the T-shirt out uh, out regardless. You can stop by. We've got a few freebies to uh, give away. Uh, Kent Ferris is going to join us coming up uh, in just a little while. There's some really cool stuff that's happening uh, with the athletics program from a facility standpoint uh, here at uh, at Northeast, and I look forward to talking with Kent coming up a little bit later. Dr. Jay Allen from Itawamba will join us uh, later in the 4 o'clock hour, and we'll also talk with Dr. Ricky Ford, who's the president here at Northeast, when we wrap the show up uh, this afternoon. We are glad to have you along. You can text us on the C Spire text line 601-879-4395. So we've talked a ton already this week about Mississippi State-Auburn on Saturday night, about Ole Miss-Alabama Saturday afternoon, and we'll do more of that tomorrow. But let's kind of look around the college football world. This is not one of those weekends where you've got this just unbelievable marquee slate of games that are grabbing headlines. But you do have some interesting games that – that are out there. Two of them on Friday night. 
Penn State at Maryland. Penn State's a six-and-a-half-point favorite. We, um, we talked some yesterday with, uh, with Ross Dellinger. He's going to be at that game. And he said he was really intrigued with this game two weeks ago, but that was before Maryland went to Temple and lost last week. Yeah. Uh, Maryland, first two weeks under Mike Loxley, scored a, a running gazillion points. Uh, not so much last week. This this feels like it's the biggest game and will be the biggest atmosphere in College Park, Maryland, in a really long time. Well, I mean, this is a game where you can prove you belong in the Big Ten, and they haven't really done that to any point. I mean, I, I, without lowering their record, I'm sure they've had you know they've beaten Rutgers and maybe had some good games against Indiana or Minnesota. But here's a chance with one of the big boys coming into your your home to to actually you know make a statement. Bird Stadium, yeah. Did you know that? I did. Could you have, could you have named it? If I no. said, give me the stadium no, name? I couldn't have. But I knew that. Once you said it, I knew that it was. Yeah. Maybe Under Armour Stadium by now. But, Should be, uh, yeah. Uh, when it's all uh, said and done. That could, be a, uh, that could be a fun one, though. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, Rippy, I mean, given all that Maryland's football program has been through <laughs> in the last couple of years, to have a game of this significance week four of the season, it's a pretty big deal for them. Don't know a whole lot about Maryland, but, yeah, they're the Terrapins. Mike Loxley has uh, what doubled his career wins total. Yeah, he to start did not this have year. a good career. Wasn't he like two and thirty-one, something like that, at New Mexico? Was he New Mexico or New Mexico State? I can never keep them them separate. I think it was New Mexico State. Which one does Ole Miss play this year? New Mexico State. State. Okay, and they are not good. Are they putrid? Are you going to go there? Uh, they're either zero and three or zero and four. Okay. Arizona State at Cal this on will be Friday no night. No fun whatsoever. This will be a disgusting, dirty football game. Three nothing, seven three, something like that. Take the under. I don't know. Garbers looked pretty good last week. Yeah, I got a bad feeling about that on the on the other side of things. So uh, that's two pretty good defensive football teams. Yeah. Uh, Arm Edwards. That this has gone so much better in Tempe than anybody gave it credit for. Yeah. I mean, the the, the jokes were just writing themselves for the first six months that Herm Edwards. Was employed. That I mean, that's part of the problem. I mean, you obviously need a year to get ready for a season, but when you hire a guy in January, and then it's nine months before they play a game, if he doesn't say everything just right, and uh, you know, have that instant credibility that you need with a fan base and with the national media, then people are going to make jokes. And he didn't help himself a whole lot. But then they got on the field and they started winning. He didn't know the mascot or the recruiting rules. Right. The Devil's Digest thing is still one of the funniest things. I still laugh when I watch it. Yeah, when he said something about, he's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm a Christian. I wonder how what percent of him genuinely had no idea what the mascot of the school was. 63%. He's wearing a pitchfork hat. Yeah. And that when he Don't the, you think he was jersey just playing the game? Know, I don't know. I remember he was a pretty bright guy. I know he is, but you can be really smart and not smart about some things. He's been around college football and football for his entire life. He knew that the Sun Devil was their mascot. Did he? Wasn't that the whole thing with not hiring them? He hadn't been around college football? Yeah. But he worked for ESPN covering college football games as a color analyst People for, work for ESPN five seasons. I think it's the Ole Miss Bulldogs. I What's thought he point? was an NFL guy. I thought he was a countdown guy. He coached in the NFL, but he Herm Edwards also did college football games for ESPN for several years. Oh, yeah, he, he called a couple egg balls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Always had interesting insight. He was coming at it for things from a different angle. And, that's, and like Rippy just said, that's why they hired him. They wanted to shake up the way coaching was well, done. Well, but you remember well, they, they had they, – the, Yeah. They wanted to put a pro model in place. Yeah. 
but then the coaches that they thought were going to stay on left. Right. I don't think they knew what they wanted to do. I think they got lucky. That was the most bizarre, incoherent press release I've ever read. Yeah. Clemson at North Carolina. Clemson is a 27-point favorite. I'm just just going to be real for a second. Yeah. I'm probably going to lay those points if I'm yeah. in, in that business because I've seen Phil Longo offenses against really good defenses. It hasn't gone well for Longo since week one. When I named well, them, they, my they won the first two. Yeah, but I mean the second game, the offense wasn't great, as I recall, against Miami. Yeah. But then, yeah, they they really fell apart against you know, Wake and who did they lose to last? Oh, App State. State. Yeah, App State. So yeah, maybe yes. we'll get a graphic. I mean, if, if those guys would just get open, it wouldn't be a problem. Wait, what? What? what did you? Were you on the receiving end of that? Or was Borky, were you? Not at that yeah, specific occasion. Not, not on this occasion, no, but a couple years ago, and it was always at like 3.30 in the morning. It was last year, Borky, because I remember you telling me about it on like a weekly basis. You would get direct messages from Phil Longo. Yeah, and it and it was just it wasn't anything other really? than I'm I'm serious, and it, there was never like a reply. It was always just here's a graphic. Excited for the game Saturday with like a red circle emoji and a blue circle emoji, and it would have some arbitrary stat on a graphic. It's like Tinder for stats. I've gotten a couple, but Tinder for stats. Just seeing if he can get a match. Fair enough. You got you got to put some hooks out there. Virginia is getting 12 and a half points at Notre Dame. Virginia's pretty good. Yeah, I might. That's it. I wouldn't bet that one, but if I was, I would take Virginia to get those and give the and take the points. I was listening to an interview with a uh, a writer from the South Bend Tribune uh, on the drive over today and he said not worried about a mental hangover for Notre Dame. Think think they've moved past it mentally from last week. He said my concern is almost a physical hangover because it was such a physical game. It was like that everybody on the team was in a car crash. Virginia's pretty good. They are. They're good enough to go in there and, and win, let alone cover. Good quarterback. Yeah. And uh, they've got a linebacker that's 6'7 and like 240, which is kind of an interesting build for a, uh, a linebacker. linebacker. Yeah. But think about the matchup with Notre Dame's tight end. Yeah. 6'5, 250. Who gave Georgia some trouble. Fits. Yeah. There's nobody that uses the tight end more effectively. Yeah. Uh, certainly not North Carolina than <laughs> I was Notre Dame. You're going to make the joke. I was coming in if you didn't. <laughs> uh, Southern Cal at Washington. Washington is a ten and a half point favorite. Does the Southern Cal roller coaster continue? They they took they got they got up last week. Are they going to be down this week? Here's the thing. They're talented. Well, yeah. I don't know that they're all that deep, but that is a talented roster. I think Washington covers. Kansas State. At Oklahoma State, Borky, this game's not on television? ESPN Plus, only way you can watch it. That's crazy. I mean, that's kind of like the Missouri-South Carolina game last week being on the SEC alternate channel, but yeah. worse. Yeah. Um, there you go. ESPN Plus, $4.99 a month, and you can watch Kansas State at Oklahoma State where K-State is getting four. They have Texas Oklahoma to State. thank for that. Uh, indeed, they do. Uh, Oklahoma State coming off a loss at Texas last week. Oklahoma, uh, Ohio State at Nebraska. Remember, I had this game circled back uh, in the first week of August. Yeah. Game day's there. They are. I don't think Nebraska's going to the playoff if they lose. I don't think Nebraska's going to the playoff anyway. <laughs> Ohio State is a 17-point favorite. Borky, are you serious? That line opened at 7? According to Odd Shark, that's what it says. The line opened at 7. And it has moved 
10 points. That's rough. If I was one of the people that had jumped on that at seven points back on Sunday night, yeah, I would feel very good about my position. You would. You're opening a line of credit for whatever that ticket is worth. Yeah. Uh, Washington State at Utah. I have no idea what Bounce to make of game. it. Well, for who? For both. Both. Yeah. So Washington State, it, Utah's got problems now because their running back that's really, really good got hurt. And they're kind of one-dimensional offensively. Everything goes through Tyler Huntley right now. Washington State scored 67. And no, 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 no. They gave up 67. They scored 63. They scored 63 and, and led by 32 in the third quarter. Lost in regulation, right? And lost in regulation. 50 and a half. I was really sad that I went to bed on that one. I, I, I didn't see the end. I thought Washington State had it, and, and I just went to bed. Yeah, Rippy said he made it all the way to the end. I did. I got home when Good it was man. in the second quarter. Then it just left. Norm, it like I said, normally back. I'll stay up and watch that, but it was was forty nine seventeen. I was like, ah, I'm going to bed. It's enough. a long day. Yeah. Seen enough of the pirate. Woke up the next day. I was like, no, what? Yeah. Uh, fascinating stuff, though. So uh, there are some interesting games that are out there this uh, this week, and of course you've got uh, a few in the SEC. I think Mississippi State Auburn probably the uh, the most fascinating game this week in the SEC. In the conference? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's sort of a... I mean, unless Northern Illinois Vanderbilt's doing it for I'm you. I'm not saying you're giving them a backhanded compliment, but that's sort of a backhanded compliment. There's not a lot of good games. You're sort of the, the best of the worst this yeah, week. Yeah, well, that's true. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Northeast Mississippi Community College in Boonville. Beautiful day. Big football game coming up tonight. We will talk more about that when we come back with you in the Renaissance Bank studio. <laughs> with you weekend just around the corner sports talk mississippi streaming online at supertalk.fm richard cross michael borky brian haydad and brian scott rippey glad to be with you on this thursday on the campus of northeast community college in boonville icc in northeast coming up tonight we uh, visited with uh, the ad here at uh, northeast just a little while ago fun conversation with uh, kent ferris and uh, we've got a lot more coming up with you as we move throughout the show this afternoon. Sports Talk brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank. If you've got land financing or refinancing needs, give them a chance to help you. They can uh, they can make life a whole lot easier. If you're in North Mississippi and you're thinking about buying a piece of property, whether it's to hunt and fish on or just to kind of have a spot to get away or maybe it's a place where you're going to have a hobby farm or maybe you're actually a farmer, well, Mississippi Land Bank can help with the financing or the refinancing of that loan. Check out their website, mslandbank.com. Find a branch location or grab the phone number and give them a call. Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. There is an era that is coming to an end. Is it tonight? Is tonight the final game? Already happened. It was a day game. Okay, so earlier today, Marty Brenneman called his final home game? Game. He's just hanging it up. For, he's skipping out on the last three or four of the regular season. Yep. I don't think he's doing the final trip in Pittsburgh. Okay. Cincinnati Reds announcer, longtime announcer, the voice of the Reds, Marty Brenneman, has worked his, uh, his final year. So you spent most of last summer in Cincinnati working as an intern for MLB.com, writing and covering the uh, Reds. Tell me a little bit more about Marty Brenneman. He... Uh Blunt honesty, I guess, would be the way to describe it. He wasn't. He had the famous line when he did. He got fed up with players, as he would tell them, 
I was here when you got here, and I'll be here long after you're gone. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, he's kind of a legend. He replaced Al Michaels, and I think his first Wait, year Al Michaels was the voice of the Cincinnati Reds prior to Brennan. Yes, 75, 76. I'm pretty sure I have that right. And I think... 1974 is when he started. First day on the job was Hank Aaron, 7.15 or 7.14, whatever. Not a bad way to start. Wow. Nope. Uh, how about this? Uh, Wikipedia says, Brenneman is known for his opinionated, zealous, and sometimes contentious style. Okay, that's a very good way to describe it. Uh, 46 years as the uh, as the radio play-by-play announcer for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, longtime partner Joe Nuxhall. They started together in 1974. It says, Marty and Joe became an institution in the city. Hearing together in numerous, uh, numerous radio and television commercials. Um, trademark call for Brenneman, and this one belongs to the Reds, was coined during his second game with the team. So it's uh, it's not new. Uh, so uh, interesting stuff. So, yeah, he did get re- – he replaced Al Michaels, who left in 1974. He called the record-tying 714th career home run in 1974 for Hank Aaron. And to Rippy's point, first regular season game as the Reds announcer. He called Tom Seaver's only no-hitter in 1978. Called Pete Rose's record-breaking 4,192nd career hit in 1985. Tom Browning's perfect game in 88. Junior Griffey's 500th career home run in 2004. His 600th in 2008. Three World Series victories, 75, 76, and 1990. Uh, Roy Halladay's no-hitter in Game 1 of the 2010 NLDS between Cincinnati and Philadelphia. Jay Bruce's walk-off home run to win the NL Central in 2010. Homer Bailey's no-hitters against the Pirates and the uh, Giants in 12 and 13. Those are your favorite no-hitters in big league history, right? It's the greatest pitcher ever with two no-hitters, I'm told. And uh, Jake Arrieta's no-hitter against the, uh, the Reds in 2016. Ford Frick Award winner. Uh presented by the National Baseball Hall of Fame. So one of the uh, the big-time voices in uh, Major League Baseball hanging it up last game was earlier today. A lot of Reds fans scattered across the kind of southeast, mid-south. They have a very weird, like, I don't want to say weird, but diverse Reds country. Like, it goes from West Virginia to Indiana to Kentucky to Tennessee to, I mean, you get the daily Reds games down here. Or, yeah, North Mississippi. Yeah. Which drives people crazy because their Cardinals games are blacked out, right? Or red, they, they like can't watch if a national you, broadcast. Or yeah, it runs in that. If you have MLB like TV or whatever, you can't watch it through that. I think yeah. I've mentioned this before, but uh, Scott Strickland, former MSU AD, now at Florida, is a big Reds fan. Why? What, what was the tie there? Just I, I don't know. Grew up in the era of the big red machine. I and guess yeah. stuck with them. Yeah, yeah. They were Neil much, Price is a big Reds fan. Also, he's he's friends with Brenneman. There you go. You want to be a part of the conversation, you can. 601-879-4395. Michael Borky has been digging into, like, pro football focus analytics college football world and has dug up some stop rate statistics. Borky, I will be honest, I had to read your explanation of stop rate, and so I'm assuming that most other people listening 
would be well served to know what stop rate is before we dive into it. Yeah, it's quite simple. It's basically the percentage of drives where your defense gets a stop, where they do not allow points on a given drive. So the percentage of times or, or whatever that a drive ends in a turnover, a three and out, or a turnover on downs. Okay, so let's pull that into Ole Miss territory and Mississippi State territory. We'll look at last year versus this year. An Ole Miss defense that was brutal a year ago. They were 119th out of how many? 130. Out of 130-ish. In college football, their stop rate was 55.5%, and opponents scored 2.65 points per possession. In all seriousness, I might have guessed it would have been lower. Like worse than 119? No, worse than 55%. Yeah, I I guess I I really, I thought that when Borky sent that number, or I think I saw him put it out on Twitter earlier, I I, I thought that was high, like in all seriousness, just... I guess particularly with the way the year ended. All right, Borky, so that was a year ago. What about this year for Ole Miss? This year they're 40th in college football, and the sample size is a little bit small, obviously, at uh, 74% stop rate, and it's only four games. So including the Arkansas scoop and score and the Memphis safety, so nine points that they wouldn't have given up otherwise, that's 1.78 points given up per possession. Why do those count? I, I did the math on that one. That's all. I just I didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. That's I got all. you. I got you. Cool. Yeah. What about Mississippi State? A year ago, 13th in the country. Their stop rate was 75.7%, and they gave up an average of 1.13 points per possession. We talked about it at the beginning of the year. Total touchdowns given up last year, what was the number? 12. 12 touchdowns all year. That's how you give up only 1.78 points per, or excuse me, a 1.13 points per possession. One of the best defenses in the country a year ago. Forky, what about this year? This year, not so much. So they're 48th in college football, which could, you know, uh, could be worse, but their stop rate right now is 71.7%. And that doesn't seem very off from last year's, only because it will those numbers will get smaller as the year goes on. So even though 71.7 sounds good right now, compared to everybody else in college football, it's 48th in the country and almost two points per possession right now. So Mississippi State a year ago gave up about a point per possession for the opponent, and this year they're giving up about two points per possession. Obviously, you lose three first round. Yeah, this is not 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 a very surprising statistic. No, it's not. Yeah, and, and and what Borky said, and if, if you're an MSU fan, this is what would concern you, is that last year's the whole season, this is four games, and you're already down this low, and you still haven't played LSU or Alabama or Texas A&M. Or, Those first two you named seem to be good offenses. They're not bad. They are they, they are efficient, if nothing else. So, uh, you know, you got to worry about that. And, and, again, small sample size for Ole Miss, but they go from, what, about two and three quarters trending toward three points per possession a year ago to a little less than two points per possession this year, that's progress in the right direction. The personnel, though, Rippy, is not drastically different from a year ago. A couple of linebackers that are making a difference in Sam Williams and Lakia Henry and some guys in the secondary that are young, but a bunch of guys back, the, uh, the coaching seems to be a bit different. 
Well, I think the scheme better suits them. The scheme is different also. Less space. Yeah, I guess that's the right way to say it. But, yeah, again, they'll start playing offenses that are a little more competent here, beginning with Alabama, who's somewhat good. Yeah, my guess is the points per possession stat for Ole Miss goes up. It, it will be higher on Sunday than it is on Thursday. Yeah, and I wanted to do the game-by-game game last year, and it just would have taken me far too long. But I am willing to bet my entire life, my car and my house, that at no point last season Ole Miss had a 74% stop rate against anybody, anytime. Did they play week one? Texas Tech. Oh, yeah, I was there. In Houston. Probably not 74%. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Renaissance Bank studio. We've got more coming up as we continue from Northeast in Boonville. Sports Talk Mississippi with you on this Thursday afternoon. We're on the campus of Northeast Mississippi Community College. They will play Itawamba tonight. Rivalry game in Northeast Mississippi. We're glad to have you along. Joining us right now on the Farm Bureau phone line, check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. And guess what? This week, Lee tells us that he has his college football game of the year. All right, so i got to ask a question about that, Lee. We are uh, we're, we're rolling into week five. Right. What happens if in, uh, I don't know, week 11, you decide there's another game that you like. Do you have another college football game of the no, year? No, no, just one. <laughs> so, so this is it. This is it. This will be the biggest release. Will be four, fifty units, and you know we had a forty unit three weeks ago that was the Oregon Ducks. They won seventy seven to six. We had UCF two weeks ago, and you know we can still have some, you know, some forty and forty five units, but there will be no other fifty unit in college football. All right. Um, let's start out by talking uh, or telling people how they can get all of your information and a little b- a bit about well, what they, they will just find at Paramount Sports. And it's, it's ParamountSports.com. Got a lot of free stuff there. So, you know, let's say there's another game you want to see me break down and predict. You know, like there's some big ones. In the NFL, we've, we've got the Bills Mafia taking on New England. That's one of the games that I'll be tuned into. Uh, Chicago and Minnesota, uh, Carolina, Houston in the NFL and a bunch of others in, in college football like Ohio State and Nebraska. Those videos all up and available, ParamountSports.com. Let's do something we don't normally do. Let's start in the NFL this week, and then we'll kind of circle back to college games. A lot, a lot of local interest where we are in the Sunday night game with the Cowboys and the Saints in the Dome. Some people surprised that the Saints were able to get that win in Seattle last week. Uh, just a huge win for them. And obviously Dallas is good, uh, been really good so far, kind of sleptwalked a little bit last week. I can't imagine there's going to be any sleepwalking this week for the Cowboys. Oh, no. <laughs> and trust me, if they do, they're in trouble because New Orleans last year, they were just – they were dominated. I mean, I know this, the final was 13-10 to 10 in that game in Jerry's world, but – I, mean, I don't think they. I think they had like something like 179 total yards. So they're going to have to play their best because I can tell you this much: New Orleans, other than the Rams game, this is their circle game. So they'll be ready. I think they're going to do some different stuff here. I think Teddy Bridgewater, you'll see him roll out more now. That he's feeling comfortable. Uh, he might even, you know, run for for some th- some first downs here on third down if he needs to. I I think Dallas is the third best team in the NFC behind the Rams in New Orleans. 
I, I, even with Teddy Bridgewater, I think they're New Orleans is still a better team, and they're, they're more battle tested. They played Houston, L.A., and also Seattle. Great, also as a home dog, six and one the last seven times in this type of setting here. This is a circle game. Wrong team favorite, New Orleans twenty three twenty over Dallas. You, you you just got a huge fist pump uh, in the air from uh, from Brian Haydad. And, and that's Michael Borky clapping in the background as well. He says, wrong team favorite. Saints winning yeah. at home with the home field advantage in the Dome over Dallas on Sunday. I mean, can you imagine that if, if I wasn't working the two games, I'd go this month were to this game on Sunday night. Well, I'd, I'd be in Buffalo and then go to that game. They should have made this a Monday night game so you can go back-to-backers. Yeah. Well, just jump on your Tell private game, jet. and be uh, in the game. Yeah, you, you might be right about that. I, I was there for the Monday night game against the Texans, the, the season opener. The, the, the atmosphere that they have created inside Mercedes-Benz Superdome is unbelievable. It's crazy. Yeah. The only thing crazier is, is if you go to the Bills Mafia and they're throwing people off the top of buses and landing uh, landing on uh, you know <laughs> you know benches or, or, or chairs or whatever they land on, those crazy guys. Let's get back to the SEC, Lee. Alabama is a 37-and-a-half point favorite against Ole Miss. Is that enough? Here's what's crazy. Yeah, these Alabama games are the toughest games. All four games have been decided in the last minute. Playing Alabama games so far the first four weeks is like I mean, playing the coin toss in the Super Bowl. It's that tough. But there might be a way to look at this game. Ole Miss... They were in the games or won the games from 2014 to 2016, but last two years was a 28 and 21 point dog. Ole Miss was blown out 66 to three and 62 to seven here. When a Pac-12 team like Cal can fly in and dominate you for three and a half quarters, you got problems here. Uh, maybe uh, something else to look at betting on is when does Tua throw his first interception? Already has 17 touchdowns, no interceptions. I like Bama big 55-7. 55 to 7. So that would be another lopsided outcome in uh, in that series. Auburn and Mississippi State strikes me as uh, as an interesting game. Uh, Mississippi State was uh, was better last week against Kentucky. Uh, Auburn they're, they're not blowing you away offensive offensively, but that defense has been so good and really showed just how good last week in College Station. Oh, they, that game could have been 30 to nothing. They were dominant. They had a game plan. They came out from the word go and they run the reverse. I don't think they're going to show anything fancy here because they want to save anything else they have for Florida next week. I love Auburn as an underdog because they control the line of scrimmage on the offensive and the defensive line. But I don't want to wager a whole lot of money on an underdog. Uh, you know, w- when they're a favorite, you're given double digits. Bo Nix as, as a dog is great, but completing just 54% of his passes on the year, I don't think it's good enough. And Garrett Schrader running that run-pass option, I think it's good enough for him to stay in the game. And I think Kylan Hill, number three rusher in the nation, over 550 yards here, I think he's better than anything Auburn has. Auburn wins 27-20, but Mississippi State covers. All right, 27-20, so Mississippi State loses but covers the yep. uh, the number. Hey, I- Maybe a little off the radar. I want to take you to the Pac-12 because there's a game that I'm confused about. I'm looking at this game between Utah and Washington State. And yep. the the outcome of the Coliseum last Friday night surprised me. Mm-hmm. And 
Washington State scores 63 and loses. They give up 67 to a, to a UCLA team that had been averaging 14 points per game. Washington, uh, excuse me, Utah a little limited now with the, the running back out. What the heck do we do with this game? Wow. <laughs> it shocked me. I mean, this, this, this quarterback, third-string quarterback, is throwing rainbows, and USC has some receivers. I mean, they, they, they can run under the ball, and Utah, you know, they're one of these teams, they, they throw in a couple clunkers out there. So that that's what's confounding here. But both teams coming off really tough losses here. Utah is the type of team, though, I think with a short memory here. I'm not sure Washington State – their defense can recover after blowing a 32-point lead. Uh, why they weren't running the ball more makes no sense late in that game. But problem here for Utah here is um, they continue to play press coverage, and that's not how you defend, defend a spread offense here. Moss from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, it looks like will probably not be able to go. Um, Wazoo, have, this is where they love. This is where they do their best work. Now as a favorite, as a dog, 13 and five run. Give me Wazoo. Hmm. I think they pulled the upset 31-27. All right, give me a quick thought on Navy and Memphis. Kind of an entertaining game tonight, ESPN, 7 o'clock kickoff. Memphis is the home team. They're 3-0. and Navy's 2-0. and Service Academy's pretty good as dogs on the road. Yeah. You got a thought on this one? Yeah, I, I think they can hang in there. You know, the, the Taylor's not going to be able to give it a go, it looks like. So uh, that's, that's a problem here for Memphis. So they're a little more one-dimensional. problem with Navy is they don't practice against – the past, so not a game that I'm personally playing. You know, I, I think that maybe Memphis in their passing game is a little bit too, bit too much here for Navy. So uh, uh, if this was a past Navy team, a couple of years ago they were the best team, best service academy. Now they're probably the third best. So uh, I think that Memphis might be able to throw hmm. all over them. They think they win this game here probably by two touchdowns. All right, Lee, let's wrap it up right here. Tell me about your game of the week and tell people how they can get it. Game of the week, uh, Southern Miss and UTEP. Southern Miss, a uh, little under the radar team. They can, they, they get some talent this year. They're rebuilding. You want to find out if they roll? Just call eight hundred four hundred nine seven four one. If you'd like to get involved, my college football game of the year. We're a documented thirty nine and fourteen on these forty plus unit plays between forty and fifty units last decade. So just go to ParamountSports.com. There we go, ParamountSports.com. And, and is it fair to say that that play is a Saturday game this Saturday. week? Yeah, or? Saturday okay. late game. Saturday late game, believe it or not. Right, so, so a, a late I'm, I'm game gonna, on Saturday. I'm going to send you, you the game call. right now, and as soon as the game starts, feel free to, to tweet it out, put it on Twitter, and that way everyone knows uh, we're, we're above board. <laughs> we'll, 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 keep, uh, we'll keep an eye on it. Sounds great. Thanks, Lee. Always fun. Okay. Take care, Richard. Lee Sterling at Paramount Sports. You can check out his stuff at ParamountSports.com. Just go to the website. You don't have to uh, subscribe to the service if you don't want to. If you're just kind of curious about his game breakdowns, a bunch of video stuff there. Lee was a uh, former college quarterback and has been analyzing games for a, uh, a really long time. And if you want, you can subscribe and uh, and get his picks. Almost always has a special going. And his game of the week, Southern Miss and UTEP. That was free. There we go. Wait, wait. I wonder which way he's leaning on that. Well, check it out. If you will call, I might the number, check it out. Call, call the toll-free number, and uh, you can find out exactly which way uh, Lee Sterling is leaning on that one. More coming up with you at Sports Talk Mississippi on a Thursday afternoon. We are at Northeast Mississippi Community College. Big football game coming up here tonight. Back after this in the Renaissance Bank Studio. Hey, Michael Borden. 
Yeah. You be open to a poll question. I don't see why not. All right. Uh, this is a uh, just a true or false, yes or no. The uh, Van Down by the River sketch was Chris Farley's best work ever. True or false? How would you vote on that? People still quote Van Down by the River most out of anything else he's done. The longevity yep. makes it that. The only ones I'm thinking of, the Chippendales one. <laughs> yes. yeah. And... Rippy, did you say you've not seen the Van Down by the River sketch? We've been over this before. I thought we watched, I thought you watched it like in the studio one day. Maybe pieces of it. I mean, you you find yourself in like YouTube wormholes all the time, though, right? I do. Been into a lot of big Civil War stuff lately. Seriously? Have, are you one of the guys who started one of these terrible Captain Andrew Luck ripoff accounts? No, I'm not. I've watched and read a bunch of Civil War stuff lately. I would say the last two months. I don't really know why. What what, what got you headed down that road? Are you thinking about doing like reenactments or? <laughs> no, I will not be doing any he Civil could be the War drummer. LARPing. But it's like uh, I would like to. Um, I don't know. I like history. I'd like to wear a wool coat in July. I was on some World War One stuff before that. Hmm. Would not have guessed that. Yeah, I watched... Uh, have you done the deep dive into World War II history? No. I mean, I know, like, World War II history, but I haven't gotten, like, yeah, into that. Lived that through might that. be next. Yes, I did live through that. But watched some Sherman through Georgia stuff, I think, actually, last night. Yeah. Um, Peloponnesian War on your list of things to do? <laughs> he was an angry dude. Who, Sherman? Sherman? Yeah. yeah he he basically took the attitude of, I didn't start this, but I'm going to wreak havoc while I'm here. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like he burned his way through the South or something. Something like Except that. Except for Port Gibson. He Don't think anything's out. named after him in Atlanta. <laughs> no, probably not. I was watching it. There was a, um, there was an interview. I don't know if this was Leno when he was still relevant or not. Or Casey Affleck, the uh, less known brother of Ben Affleck, w- was sitting down and was telling the story of getting a speed ticket, a speeding ticket going through Georgia, mm-hmm. and uh, said that you know he got pulled over. He was in like a an old Lincoln or something like just hauling through the back roads, gets pulled over by the stereotypical country sheriff or deputy or whatever. Sheriff Buford T. Justice. Yeah, well, that kind of, you know, they got the shades on, and he walks to the uh, the doors, his license and registration, and he hands it to him, and he says, don't nobody drive through my county like this fast. To which he responded, well, not since General Sherman anyway. <laughs> That's pretty good. He got a ticket. He got the ticket. He got the ticket. (laughs) In fact, might have even gone to jail uh, before it was all said and done. Borky, bring me up to speed on the the NFL expanding to another game on the schedule. Yeah, so we might get 17. If you remember back uh, in the – right before the season started, we talked about how the owners wanted an 18-game schedule because, of course, they do. And the Players Association basically just said, no way. Like, that's not going to happen. And they are still just under two years away from the current CBA ending. However, uh, that is sneaking up pretty quickly, so they're trying to get this deal done long before the the deadline and uh, have any chance of a work stoppage. So right now, the most recent proposal, and one that the players are probably going to be receptive to, is expanding the season by one game. So instead of 16, 17 regular season games, eliminating one or two regular season games, which it sounds like, based in context, the more likely would be eliminating two regular season games and expanding... Two preseason the, games. Uh, yes, excuse me. Uh, eliminating two preseason games 
Okay. And also adding a team on each side to the playoffs. That sounds right now like this is the most likely thing that gets included in the new collective bargaining agreement. So that would be three wildcard teams more than likely because it's not like you're adding another division without adding teams. Would it be three wild uh, – let's see. How many teams get – you only get two teams to get a week one by? Yeah. In each conference. Yeah. yeah. First and second seed, yeah. Um, wait, two teams in each conference. So would you go to a point where only one team gets a bye? That's what it sounds like. That's the, the current proposal, yeah. That sounds like something – like somebody that was smart came up with this. And said, "All right, let, let's let's do something that works for everybody." Was it you, Rippy? Let's drop two preseason games. We'll add one regular season game for net minus one, and we'll throw you another bone, which will also be good for us. We'll add an additional playoff team, so two more teams, one in each conference, will be eligible for playoff bonuses, and we'll have a chance to continue their season. But that comes at the expense of one more team not getting a first-round bye. And that, that feels like it strikes a really nice balance, doesn't it? Let's see here. It checks every box. One fewer game to damage your bodies and potentially more money that you can negotiate and get bigger paydays. So if I'm looking at this right, the team that would have got in last year that didn't was the Vikings at 8-7-1 and one in the NFC. And in the AFC... So the Vikings did not get in. They were the first, they would have been the third wild card, huh? And then the third wild card in the AFC would have actually it looks like it have been a pretty decent team. But Chargers and Colts were the wild card. It would have been the the, the Steelers. Steelers at nine six and one would have gotten in over the Titans at nine and seven. There will uh, there will be some years where this is good and some years where this is very bad. Like where you had the Connor Cook, yeah, uh, what at Matt Schaub game. Yeah. It, where the Texans, that was and the Texans the and Raiders, like he probably didn't need another AFC playoff team that year. Although that was just more of an injured quarterbacks. But there's some years where you have really bad teams get in the playoffs, and some years in one conference or another where you've got two or three that are There'll actually pretty competent and don't in. get in. Yeah. yeah, but there might be a year where, where there's just a really good division, and somebody who's ten and six doesn't get in. So this story from the Athletic: Not enough owner support for 18, and players would not go for it either. One of the sources said of why the change: the 17-game proposal will be paired, as Borky said, with a reduction in the preseason by a game or two from the current four. Green Bay Packers president Mark Murphy told reporters this summer with regard to the 18-game idea. Quite honestly, um, hold on. The idea was widely mocked as unfeasible. Remember, fans- they were offering. Or w- they said they would oh, go to 18 oh, yeah. games, but you you players would have to sit two games. Yeah, and so that was yeah. a hard sell for f- fans. The idea that they were going to buy tickets, but they weren't sure who they were going to see. A uh, couple of other quotes from Damari Smith, who is head of the Players Association. I don't see an 18-game schedule under any circumstances being in the best interest of our players. If somebody wants to make an 18-game proposal, we'll look at it. I haven't seen anything that makes me think that it would be good for the players. NFLPA couldn't be reached for comment on if it has a different position on 17 games. No talks currently scheduled between the PA and the NFL, but they are expected to resume later this year or early in 2020. All right, big picture question. Most likely league, professional sports league, among the big three, 
to have a the next work stoppage. NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball. It feels like the NBA would be the answer. MLB. I was going to go MLB. I, I feel or like could they happen at the same time? It could. I just look at the NBA and, and the way players are starting to make these demands, and it's starting to become a player-controlled league. Actually, and, and I don't think I don't think the owners. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The governors. The governors are going to go for that. I'm changing my answer. I'm going to say. Uh, NFL. I think people around baseball understand that they probably couldn't. They couldn't afford it. Yeah. Well, I was well, going to say survive, but they would survive. But like the fringe fans that you have now, and like would move on. You're going full on regional sport if you have another work stoppage. I agree with that. Major I mean, League Major League Baseball missed the World Series in 1994. Like they did not play their Super yeah. Bowl. Yeah. In 1994, the NFL really screwed the Braves there, didn't it? Badly. No. no. The Expos were in first place. And yeah, they, but they were never again. But yeah. the Braves had a really good team. Oh, they did. Yeah, 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 but. Yeah. We're, we're talking still in the regular season. That that Braves team was coming hard. Probably so. Uh, but you're right. No, uh, the Expos, yeah. I think Matt Williams was having a big year for the Giants and just got old third baseman. Got taken away. He was a gritty dude. He was. Gritty, huh? Gritty's the word we're going to go with, yeah. Jerk? Sure. He was my jerk at the time. Yeah. Guy didn't need any batting gloves. No, nah, he's fine. He was, I mean, is he kind of like the, the poster child for pro ball player? Like, like you draw up a pro baseball player, and Matt Williams was kind of it. There's some no batting gloves guys these days. Very few. Yeah, not Hunter Pence? I think he uses, maybe he doesn't. So you got one? Uh, Carpenter, Will Myers. Speaking of MLB, real quick, I want to get y'all's thoughts. This just happened, evidently. Mike Miner just finished up the game. 200 strikeouts on the season, right? Yeah. In the game, his uh, third baseman, Ronald Guzman, dropped a pop fly out in foul territory so that he could get that 200th strikeout. Fair or foul? Ooh, fair. They're not in playoff contention. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah, I'd say I'm I'm with you. That's actually kind of funny. He did his his teammate a favor there. You think there might have been some sort of a bonus? There may have been a bonus and maybe a, a back channel deal run there, yes. Wow. In all actuality, they probably would have given them the bonus if he sat at 199 with the way he's pitched. We'll yeah, he's been uh, been really, really good this year. Um, I tend to lean in the direction of Major League Baseball. I don't think they would lose their entire postseason again. What you say about the NBA is interesting. I just feel like, generally speaking, they're smart people, and the contracts in basketball, basketball have gotten so player-friendly. They're Man. just massive right Man. now. Hard to see them derailing that train. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Renaissance Bank studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you. Thursday afternoon, just after 5 o'clock with you. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming online at supertalk.fm. Good to be with you. Weekend just around the corner. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey. Sports Talk brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank online. MSLandBank.com, Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. We, today, are broadcasting live from Northeast Mississippi Community College. You've got uh, ICC and Northeast coming up uh, a little bit later tonight. Rivalry game. I didn't know about the whole Battle of the Bands thing. Uh, We've heard about that. Dr. Allen told us about it a few minutes ago, and... uh, uh, heard about it earlier today as well. So after the game tonight, the uh, the full bands for each school stay in the stands and kind of kind of play back and forth at each other. Yeah, How about that. That's pretty cool. 
I would absolutely say so. Yeah. I like anything. Riffy, you should hang around for that. You, you might learn some, some tunes. Yeah, some fight songs. We'll see. Okay. Just trying to help you with your ongoing education. Although you are in Civil War mode right now. Yep, and it's no longer ongoing education. I'm pretty much done learning stuff. About Civil War? No, just Period. books and classrooms. You, you just stopped learning? Yep. It's an interesting... Some would argue I stopped learning a long time ago. That's an interesting <laughs> life outlook that you uh, have chosen to go with, but whatever works for you. Uh, time right now for the College Football Fix. College Football Fix driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com. Check out the great deals that they've got going, including the leather and liner promotion on the 2019 XLT F-150s that are still on the lot. Great deals, great savings, and you can get complimentary leather and a bed liner. Spray in or drop in, whichever you prefer. Start your search online at buyfordnow.com, but visit your local Mississippi Ford dealer and test drive one today. I'm going to amend my statement from earlier. The column that I read on SI.com last night that was written by Michael Shapiro. He deserves to have his name called out. And, and, and I kind of felt bad after I sent it because I thought, hey, this is a young guy, maybe just got his start somewhere. And I just said, this is the worst bowl prediction column I've read in the history of the Milky Way galaxy. Wow. I'm now adding, I'm not, I'm not even going with the free world anymore. Okay. We're, we're, we're free or not? We wanted to include communist Russia. Well, formerly. Formerly Soviet Union. Whatever you, you well, know. That what was I mean. a little creepy there, hey, Dan? Um. Borky, did you walk That's through this thing? That's pretty good, but creepy. <laughs> My neighbors on either side of me, one's Russian and one's Ukrainian. So I can't do that accent too loud when the windows are open. Did, would they think it was a Russian was accent someone or Ukrainian? Is, I do not know. I never ask. Pay him. Pay that <laughs> That's where it money. started, yeah. Uh, Borky, did you walk through this thing last night? I did, and somehow I missed the the repeat appearances. But when I saw you tweet that, I, I looked through it, and it's just – I mean, even the playoff. How far did you get Borky into did it? Heroes work here, getting through this. This is awful. Well, no, but how far did you get into it before you went? Huh? Well, I see. Big, whoa! whoa. <laughs> you kind of gave it away. You know, I went I into it. Lo- it yes. I, I went into it looking for the errors, but the the least egregious one is still something I think doesn't make any sense with uh, the playoff being Alabama and LSU. That requires. A lot of other stuff to go wrong. It just it, right now that doesn't make any sense. But that's the least egregious of the errors in this thing. All right, the 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 route for Alabama and LSU getting in. It's not, most likely is. It's not that bad. LSU beats Alabama in the regular season and wins the SEC championship game, and one loss Alabama gets in, or Alabama beats LSU close. Beats and then just crushes uh, Georgia in the SEC championship game. And then you've got a one-loss Georgia and a one-loss LSU, and you're like, well, they both lost Alabama, but LSU was close. That's how I would look yeah, at it. Yeah, my scenario would work, too. Well, Yours would work, too. Oklahoma know, also like has to lose. You have either Ohio State, Wisconsin having – I mean, the winner of that game is probably going undefeated, so you're going to need the winner of that game to also lose to somebody else on their schedule. There's just a lot of things that have to happen for that to, to come true. It feels like a long shot year for the SEC to get two teams in the playoff. I would agree with that. Because you know that barring something crazy, one of the spots is taken. 
So, so really, you've got 129 teams playing for three spots because it feels like Clemson has their spot locked up just based on the schedule, and whoever they play in the championship game, they're going to be a three-touchdown favorite against. Yeah. And so you start looking around and you go, okay, well, Ohio State or Wisconsin. And, I mean, the, the Oklahoma thing, I could lose to Texas – doesn't really look like anybody from the Pac-12 is going to get there unless Cal were to go undefeated, which I don't think any of us really see happening. Notre Dame is going to win out. Yeah, but but as a one-loss Notre Dame, they, nah, I mean, they, they've got to have chaos, don't they, to get yeah. there? Losing to Georgia killed them. But uh, why would losing to Georgia kill them and not LSU? Or, or because LSU. LSU. Because or LSU. LSU or Alabama. Why, why would losing to Georgia on the road eliminate Notre Dame but – um, would because not their do November that to Alabama schedule is terrible this year. Exactly. Uh, they, they, they just don't have enough left on their schedule to prop them up. I mean, LSU can always go back to a win in Austin against Texas, plus their only loss being Alabama. I'm, uh, I mean, so it, if LSU beats Alabama, why is Alabama still in the running and not Notre Dame? What does Alabama have on their schedule that's any much better than what Notre Dame has on theirs? That big old ooh. The Iron Bowl is their best game. I mean, that, that, that's that, that's a reasonable – that's absolutely a that's reasonable, more reasonable observation. Um, I would say that the – right now the uh, the crimson helmet with the white numbers on the side of it means more than the golden helmet. Yeah. It used to not be that way, but yeah. Yeah. There was a point where those two were kind of on equal footing. So listen to some of these projections. Las Vegas Bowl, Washington State, BYU. Yeah, okay. BYU in the Las Vegas Bowl is the biggest waste ever. Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa. Marshall and Memphis. Sure. Independence Bowl in Shreveport. Arkansas against Pittsburgh. Well, Arkansas's APR must be fantastic. Because they're they're going in at three and nine. As a three-win team, they're going to have their APR. Are they going to be three? They're not going to win. They have no conference games left. They're going two and ten. Don't they have one more non-conference? Borky? Because they, they, they're so they're, far they have played. They're one in three. Orange State, okay. San Jose State, with yeah, SEC. Wait, who is it though? There is one more. It's in November. Hold on. Colorado State. They no, they won Colorado that game. State. They're two. They have two wins. They're two and two right this second. They play Western Kentucky. That's that is not a gimme. Yeah, you're right. That's right. They beat Portland State, and they beat Colorado and they beat Colorado State. State, and have lost to Ole Miss and to San Jose. San Jose State. You couldn't help but chuckle. You smiled a little when you said that. I saw it. Uh, Nebraska and NC State in the Quick Lane Bowl. That's quite a drop from the playoff. Uh, yeah, it is. But that's a little bit of a boost for that bowl game. I mean, that's yeah, better. That's, good, that's, that's, a, good, that's a good bowl for them. Yeah. Uh, Pinstripe Bowl, Maryland and Boston College, Texas Bowl in Houston. Baylor and Ole Miss. You can see Baylor in that game. Seems like a long shot. And as Borky has noticed here, that's the start of the season next year is Baylor and Ole Miss well, in Houston. I, I was going to say, I, I, it's I don't hard understand for this. me to believe that the people at the Texas Bowl, would, they wouldn't want Who are want the same that. people that do the Yeah, they're not going to want that. They're not going to be real fired up about that. No. Um, what were you saying, Rippy? I don't understand this. Any of it? No, not a bit. South Carolina and Duke in the Music City Bowl. South Carolina's not going to a bowl. 
Kentucky and Syracuse in the Belk Bowl. Kentucky would be in a bowl. I would think so. Uh, Oklahoma State and Missouri in the Liberty Bowl. I guarantee Missouri won't be in a bowl. Do we know that Missouri is – hey, buddy. What's up, man? I'll talk to you in just a second. Okay, we're on the radio right now. You got like two minutes, and then we'll take a commercial break. I'll let you put the headsets on if you want to. We're broadcasting live from uh, Northeast Community College, ICC. They got big He was talking to me. He was talking to you? No, you were talking to me. Oh, uh, (laughs) it's going to be okay. No. Missouri Missouri can't go to a bowl. Right, exactly. That that was my point. Missouri's not eligible. So that that was good. Um, Penn State, Texas A&M in the Citrus Bowl. Sure. I don't think a 7-5 Texas A&M team is making the Citrus Bowl, but that's just me. Michigan and Mississippi State in the Outback Bowl. I'm not going back to Tampa this year. That's not happening. You would be okay with that. I I mean, State fans will take it right now, but that's not happening. Tennessee and UCF in Birmingham. Maybe they meant meant East Tennessee State. Middle Tennessee. Florida and Michigan State in the Gator Bowl. I'm not sure that I think Florida's going to fall all the way to the Gator Bowl. He wanted you to talk, Ricky. That kid was giving you... He's trouble. Over, was giving you he the was business. giving you the business. Good Lord. Uh, Texas and Boise State in the Cotton Bowl. Virginia, Auburn in the Orange Bowl. Uh, Oklahoma and Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. Sure. And then the playoff, Clemson, LSU, Alabama, and Ohio State. So that would be Clemson is the one, Alabama or Ohio State is the two and the three, and LSU is the four. You're making assumptions here based on, you know, what you think. This guy could have come up with anything. That is a weird bowl projection list. Sports Illustrated and Michael Shapiro. That's your college football fix driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. What was funny? Tell a story. It's radio. It's a, it's a, a, a vocal meeting. We had one of our, our young listeners come by, and he was talking to us and enjoying himself, and he looked at Richard, and he looked at Rippy and said, and said Richard, is that your son? Oh, I thought he pointed at Haydad. Nah. <laughs> yeah. How old are you? Me? Yeah. 40. <laughs> I doubt it. I, 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 was, how old you I, I was doing the math, and I guess... If, if you can, I know I, it could be me. So, yes, scientifically it's possible. How old are you? 43. Oh, wow. Old That's man. not even a stretch for you. Yeah, no, I could pull that off easily. Um, no, Brylan, uh, Rippy is not my son. Um, he, the, he was impressed, though, with you booking a hotel room. He's the son we never had. He was. I, didn't, I don't have a son. So Rippy can be the son I never had. No, thank you. Aw, wow. Um, I was going to buy you a Christmas gift and everything, but nothing now. No gifts. I'm like Borky. <laughs> the uh, Pearl River yeah, Resort. Yeah, I heard that entire commercial break, and supposedly I'm the one that hates kids. <laughs> I just I was anxious to see how Rippy was going to handle it. I, I I was not paying attention to like 90% of that. I'm trying to get this hotel booked. This, I, I uh, think, this babysitting thing is off the table for one of you three. Which of the three just got thrown out of your babysitting? <laughs> Tough luck, hey, Dad. Uh, I don't I don't like to babysit kids that aren't mine. And that's when it's not babysitting. It's just parenting at that point. You don't really like parenting that much, if you're being honest. No, it's fine. I'm kidding. Just thought I'd throw you under the bus and I see appreciate how you that. handle My it. wife's not listening, so we're good. Pearl River Resort Pick of the Day brought to you by the Sportsbook at Timeout Lounge, the Golden Moon Casino. Got a couple of choices on the table, a couple of football options, Navy, Getting 11 points tonight at the Liberty Bowl. Total in that game is 53. 
or the NFL. You got Philadelphia getting four and a half, coming off a tough loss at Green Bay. What's the total? 47 the total in that game. I believe in Thursday night unders. Do you? Yeah, worked last week. Okay. What do you like out of that mix, Rippy? Probably Philly. You like Philly plus four and a half? Really? Yeah. Okay. Why? They can't go to one and three. Packers haven't looked terribly great, even though they're three and zero. Oh. Aaron can't play Aaron that Rogers bad two weeks in a row. Did Philly play poorly in that loss? The game's in Philadelphia, is it not? No, it's, no, Green, it's in Bay. Green Bay. Ooh. Philly's really banged up it. too. They are missing basically all of their impact receivers for this game. So. Not a whole lot of points. Uh, the Eagles are 0 for their last six against the spread in September. It's could Let's be the under with me, Richard. Come on, I'll let you buy the uh, buy the hook and pay double juice. I'm sticking with it. You're taking the four and a half. Yep. You're gonna buy it to five. I don't know. Is that an option? I'm giving you the option. Anything's possible. Sure. Borky, what do you like out of this group? I do like Green Bay, even though I'm about to give you a, a stat that probably tells me why I'm wrong. Both the under and the underdogs straight up are 3-0 and this season on Thursday Night Football. Ooh. A little parlay. Not all of them had Gardner Minshew, though. That is uh, that's true. You guys know what I think I'm going to do? I think I'm going to take Navy plus the 11 on the road tonight in Memphis. All right. I like that. 64% in recent history, Navy on the road is an underdog covering the spread for what that's worth. They just, they're going to control the clock and they'll, they'll make it difficult to extend the lead on them. Mm. Plus they turn it up. I said that out loud and I guess I, I, I mean, I, I didn't give you the final answer there. But like as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, I don't know if I believe in that. I'll stick with it. All right. I'll take Navy plus the 11. Take the under on the NFL. With a great deal of hesitation. You think the under in the NFL game is the play? That's the play. So when it's 31-22 tomorrow, I'll feel silly. There you go. You're strong on uh, on that play. Uh, Good to be with you. Sports Talk Mississippi from the uh, Northeast Mississippi Community College campus. You need a sparkly outfit like that, hey, Dad? They don't come in my size, brother. I mean, I mean we could get a custom deal yeah. done. You know, <laughs> a lot of sparkles would have to give their lives for me. Um, 31-17 Green Bay. That was a uh, prediction that we got on the ceasefire text over. line. That would be over. Stan and Ripley says, um, <laughs> That's a good Rippy, point. you do take gifts. You accepted jorts from Cross. So do you only take tacky gifts? Was that really I can a do that gift? Too. Uh, did he did he buy it? And I then mean, technically, it to you? I I ordered it and paid for it and gave it to you. That's a gift. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, it's like one of those naughty Santa part or not naughty Santa, but what were they? Dirty they, Santa. Dirty Santa. Part. Yeah. Naughty Santa is something different. Could still be George. It's uh, <laughs> not the uh, not the same thing. Uh, C Spire text line is open to you, 601-879-4395, 601-879-4395. Got a lot going on at C Spire right now. The powerful new Samsung Galaxy Note 10 is here, and C Spire celebrating with an equally powerful deal. For a limited time, buy the Galaxy Note 10 and get $750 off your choice of Samsung Galaxy device. C Spire, customer inspired. We need to give away tickets. We have a pair of tickets to give away to you for the Miranda Lambert concert that will be in Tupelo on January 16th. It was an old Miss trivia question yesterday. I tasked Hey Dad 
with a Mississippi State trivia question. You can text the answer of this onto the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. First correct response, we'll get a pair of tickets to Miranda Lambert in Tupelo on January 16th. The question is... All right, MSU's last win at Auburn was in 2015. They beat the Tigers 17-9. Dak Prescott threw for two touchdowns in that game. Who did he throw them to? Fred Ross. Well, I'm not going to give the answer. Oh, I'm not supposed to answer that. But you're wrong. Is is it multiple players? It's two different players. Two different players. All right, need two names. Dak Prescott's touchdown passes uh, in Mississippi State's last win at Jordan-Hare Stadium came in 2015. Who were the two receivers that caught touchdown passes in the game? Text your answer to 601-879-4395 for your chance to win Miranda Lambert tickets. Are these the same two tickets or are they different ones every day? We uh, we actually have um, one pair of seats, but we're giving them away five times this week, and so we're going to split the length of the show into five different increments, and you have to go out after your 20 minutes is up, and then somebody else gets to come in for the next 20 minutes. I didn't catch any of that. That'd no, be- each person gets their own two tickets that wins. We have six tickets. Six. I just didn't know if they were, like, unsuccessful. Or we, have ten. we have ten? Yes, five, five sets. Tomorrow one. we should do – we'll give away four tickets. We have a big prize tomorrow for Friday. We've already given away – Oh, did I miss it on Monday? We, yes. Okay, I'm sorry. We did not yes. do it on Monday. Well, now we're Narc. doing four tomorrow. Or did we? I don't remember. <laughs> Nice save. You too. I swear. Well, I can't. I can't see, so I, I I can't read faces because there aren't faces for no, me to read. Nobody's getting this answer, by the way. Nobody's gotten it yet. Well, maybe you need to give a hint. Uh, one guy. Uh, one guy is obvious. One guy you're gonna have to think about. What's the biggest storyline in the SEC in Week Five? Hey. Battle for first place in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> He's not wrong. There was no lie detected. It was. It might not be the biggest storyline. It is a storyline. Both Ole Miss well, we got and Alabama are one and zero. What was the answer? Uh, answering the six six two, we'll have to get your information. Uh, but it's Deronya Wilson and Gabe Miles. Okay. Should have thrown one to Fred Ross. What was the need? Had the game in hand. Um. No, seriously, when you look at these matchups, and I guess you throw out the, the non-conference, Towson and Florida, yeah, there's no storyline coming. NIU and Vanderbilt, nothing coming from that one. Well, don't be too sure. Unless? I mean, Northern Illinois is like a six-and-a-half-point underdog. 87% of the public money is on Vanderbilt, and the line has moved not one iota. I'm just saying if he loses that game, that's not going to help curry public favor with James Franklin. What did I just say? Derek Mason. Wow. Been a slow day. The story of the weekend's in Auburn, isn't it? It's whether or not Auburn's for real. Okay, I got a question. How is that more of a test than winning on the road at A&M last week? It's not, but it's the only game this weekend that's of value, so you've got to create something. This is a very, very classic trap game, though, because they play play Florida. They're at Florida next week. So you're at A&M, then you're at Florida, and in between is Mississippi State, a team that has given you trouble in the past. It's, It's a trap game. We'll see what happens. Is it a trap game, though, when you're talking about an SEC West opponent? It can be. I think that, so. That's good. I mean, not. I mean, it's not. It's not Vanderbilt rolling in. I, no, I get that, but 
when you're talking about you're in between two hard road games like that, if any game is going to be a trap game. I mean, it's at A&M, home for Mississippi State, at Florida. And then at LSU. Right? Open date, at Arkansas. At, listen to this stretch for Auburn. It's tough. It started last week. Auburn on the road, State at home, Gators on the road, open date, at Arkansas, at Baton Rouge, or at LSU. Now they play their final four games of the year at home. That's a pretty good November schedule. Ole Miss on November 2nd, then an open date. Then Georgia, Samford, and Alabama. I mean, Auburn fans didn't have to load up on, like, golf shirts this year. It's like, get your coats and pullovers. Yeah. It'll be cold at the end of the year. If they get through – okay, so Auburn undefeated right now. Off to a 4-0 start. If they get through these next five games at 3-2, they're in great shape. They're in really good shape. If only someone had been screaming that into the abyss. Sports Talk Mississippi. Rippy is being rippy today.
Super Talk Mississippi media production.